UndergroundVideoNetwork.com presents the We Talk Too Much podcast. This is where the fun begins. Comic books, superheroes, sci-fi, gaming, and everything nerdy. That's it. This is just too weird. Now, here's your host of the We Talk Too Much podcast, Mike and Richard. Hey everyone, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Underground Video Networks. We talk too much. Well, who are we? Well, I am Michael Boroff. I'm Richard Catterjohn. Rich, how's it going? Good. A little windy around here. <laughs> yeah, for the people that live in the Midwest and like all of Ohio, it is just it. I have been looking out my window expecting to see a cow fly by, <laughs> and then a few minutes later, another cow. But then finding out that it was the same cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a wee bit windy here in the uh, the Midwest, but good lord! But it's been a perfect. We haven't got a chance to talk for a little while, Richard. This is yeah, we gotta get caught up. <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's amazing, Richard. Even with the advanced technology that we have, life still, you know. Finds a way to say, yeah, not this weekend, you know. But the good thing is, is we really do have plenty to talk about. We got to, I'm chalking it up, Richard, too, that we're giving our listening and viewing audience time to uh, get caught up on the stuff we're going to get ready to talk about. So, you know, we don't have to worry about spoilers. And that's my BS excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Sure. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing we haven't gotten a chance to talk about was the season. Luckily to say season. Season finale of The Last of Us. Wow. <laughs> it was... As, as someone who, who, who played the game... That was a, one of the great things about the show was it follows the game to a T, but still throws in enough unexpectedness for people like me that know the show in and out. Surprise. And for people like me that watched, or for people like me that played the game, being around my friends the days before the finale knowing where it was headed was just like it, it, it was just spine tingling like oh man you have no idea what's coming yeah um i heard a lot of stuff you know that it, it really did hold up you know and we our one episode where we talked about it you know i'm still haven't really caught up on everything so so I'm not sure exactly, but I'll let Mike, you know, he was really gushing all over the last time we talked. So <laughs> I, I, I do that show. That's that entire season is one of those rarities that from beginning to end, even my, my most favorite shows, there's always an episode or two every season. That's kind of like, it was okay. And they kind of dropped the ball. 
In my opinion, for somebody who's very attached to that property, that series was flawless from beginning to end. I I can't think of any bad episode. I, it, it was quality from beginning to end. One of the things that really took the internet, get, the internet just went crazy for, is there's a great scene in the game that they actually did translate directly to the show was Joel and Ellie's encounter with a notice that word if you haven't seen with a giraffe and within the Kanye story you know you've got a, a post-apocalyptic world uh, you know there were zoos you know and stuff escaped you know it it, it you know wasn't too far-fetched you know uh, what really, what really blew people's minds was even even I was watching it, and when the draft came out, and it was just like awe inspiring. My first thought, being a jaded person, was, "Is man, that CGI looks amazing! Great job of that." Then come to find out, the very next day, no, that was a real giraffe. I mean, come on. How awesome are you? How easy. It, it would have been so, it probably would have been easier to put a CGI giraffe. You know, like, you know, you have animal handlers. You know, no, you you got Dale over here on his computer. Oh, you need your giraffe. You know, boom. Giraffe, you know. There's a, a guy with a rod on a, or a ball on a rod, you know, holding it. You know, it's like, look over here. And then, oh, the green screen. The green gloved hand is the giraffe's tongue. No, it was a real giraffe. But man, one of the things that was great about that final episode, and again, just in case, we took a couple weeks, spoiler alert, um, the scene in the hospital where when Joel realizes, they, they, they finally get to their destination. After everything has happened, they finally get to their destination. They reach the hospital run by the fireflies. There are doctors there that are going to be able to find out why Ellie is immune, which we found out in the previous episode uh, with the amazing uh, cameo of Ashley Johnson, who did the voice of Ellie in the game, playing Ellie's mother in a flashback. Which we didn't get in the game. And we got a, a note. And it was a heart-wrenching note. I remember Ellie reading this note. But no, we got to see Ashley Johnson. And we learned it was kind of like a Blade scenario. You know, where just as um, the mom is getting ready to deliver, she's attacked and bitten by and infected. So, you know the infection was transmitted to the baby just moments before, you know, she had a chance to cut the cord. So we, we know that. But in the game, we knew that the hospital was, it was a very divisive moment. It was one of those things where gamers were talking about it. And when Joel becomes aware that they are going to have to kill Ellie. 
tube because it has to do with something in her brain. Papa Bear stood up and said, bullshit. No. He, it was, it was controversial moments where it was, he put the good of his, his daughter. He sees Ellie as his daughter now above the rest of the world. And he just, anybody and everybody that was in his way, doctor or not, doctor, nurse, soldier, he laid waste to that hospital to go get his baby girl. And the, the talk around the water cooler, I knew it was coming because I remember what it was like at the game store. You know, there's people that agree. There was people that disagree. They, there was people that were like genuinely like, I'm not saying they hated Joel for what he did, but didn't agree with what he did. It was, it's one of those things that makes a property great is when you can have, I don't want to say division, but that kind of conversation. You know, it's not your cookie cutter. Oh, it was a great ending. Everybody's happy, you know. But it was, it was phenomenal. I really did. I, honestly, it was one of the best season finales I've, I've ever seen in the entire series from the first episode through the, I'm planning on binging it. Because it, it's, it's like a comic book where, yeah, you read it from month to month, but also being able to, now that everything is fully digested, you know, all the minutia of episode to episode, now you can just watch it from beginning to end as a one huge sprawling story. I mean, oh, it was fantastic. Cool. Um, I guess it's been re renewed, right? Yes. And um two things um another reason i i know i talk about it every every time we talk about the show and we are not affiliated with them anyway i wish we could get a sponsor like them but i listen to the podcast that's hosted by troy baker and the showrunners and learning about why certain decisions were made what decisions they made for the show that the guy who was one of the, the front runners of the game was like completely pissed at himself about for not thinking of um, small Easter eggs throughout the entire series. And I found out by listening to the podcast, one of the best ones was for those that have played the game who have played part two, there is a very special character that's going to be part of the main focus of the second series, second season. Um, uh, the actress that did the mocap for her. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of the actresses that did the the mocap for. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. I really, I why am I drawing a blank on this? But one of the main, I, I it's hard to describe her as an antagonist or a protagonist in the second game because it's really your point of view. But the woman, the actress that played her in the mocap and did the voice was one of the nurses in the hospital that oh. 
she had a mask on. If you didn't know, you wouldn't have, you would never have known. And then I got a chance to listen to the podcast and then see the behind the scenes stuff. And there was like a small video of her, you know, it's like, and cut and everybody's cheering. And she took the mask off and I, my jaw just dropped and, because if I hadn't learned it from the podcast, I wouldn't have went after that footage. But when she took the mask off, I'm like, oh my God, it's her. But, um, one of the big speculations, one of the things I've heard about the upcoming season is that we might be getting, it wasn't just renewed for season two. It might be split into two more seasons. Oh, wow. Which makes a lot of sense, especially for the second game, because in the first game, your main characters are Joel and Ellie. And that's going to bug me. Are are Joel and Ellie? But in the the second game, uh, The Last of Us Part Two, talk amongst. This is so unprofessional. <laughs> uh, Mike's looking up something, folks. <laughs> yeah, because well, it's gonna it's gonna bug me because she deserves. Uh, I know I was trying to find it for you, but I couldn't find it either. <laughs> Abby. Abby. Oh. Abby. Um, yes, the actress that did the mocap for Abby in the second game was one of the nurses in the, the series finale. Um, but in game two, and I'm going, here is where I will respect the spoilers. Because the out for years but just in case for those people that are watching it and or listening that don't know anything about the game i will be respectful but in the second game it's not just focused on ellie the game itself is split evenly amongst ellie and abby and they're completely two different points of view and when I had heard that they're going to do possibly two seasons, that made a lot of sense because now you're going to have the time to give characters their full arc. Cool. Yeah, I am. I am so. Oh, I am so happy. I mean, the last of that really set the standard not only for. Just great shows in general. I mean, that was a well-crafted masterpiece. That set the standard for video game movies. You know what I mean? It right. Historically, those aren't historically, you would think that those properties would lead to the best movies. And as we've seen in the past, that's <laughs> hardly ever the case. Sonic the Hedgehog excluded because both of those are I, I love both of those movies. But at the same time, those were great because of the character. It wasn't, you know, we didn't try to get a Sonic the Hedgehog movie in the green zone. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a direct translation. So it's like the asterisk, you know. But it did, it set it set the bar, you know. 
Yeah, I just hope that, I hope that actually even other series is now will be up to a higher bar just to compete against it. Yeah. Yeah. You watch it. You're very good at predicting things. This is going to be one of my predictions. Again, Sonic the Hedgehog aside, video game properties have usually been overlooked. Granted, the I don't even really count The Witcher because those to start with were more loosely based on the books, and you know, granted it, right? It delved off very far, which is you know another episode in and of itself. So I don't really include that because it's it's not pertaining to the game. I'm betting you, Richard, that The Last of Us might have the same impact or near the same impact that Iron Man did. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, we had, you know, before Iron Man, yes, we had, you know, Batman and, you know, like, yes, but it wasn't until Iron Man where the studios went, oh, shit, this is a cash cow. It can be done. It can be done. And I'm betting you any amount of money that studios are going to look at The Last of Us and say, oh, it's not that these properties aren't doable. We've just not been doing them right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's just like, you know, I just picked this up, uh, The Phantom. This is not the old one. This actually came out in 2009, right after Iron Man came out. And this is just a total, on Sci-Fi Channel, I don't even remember this. That's not Billy Zane. No, it's not. That's I know, I know. <laughs> it's like, when did this come out, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, we're going to see a bunch of probably knockoff series and then we'll see a lot of stuff try to reach that level you know another really good example um uncharted i enjoyed the movie could they have called it anything else other than uncharted with nathan drake and still been good yes (laughs) i'm not knocking it but it wasn't uncharted you know what i mean it it wasn't at the level like the last of us now could uncharted have been a uncharted would have been a better series right it really would have yeah because because you could kept it moving instead of being limited just like what was an hour about two hours you know if you had a little more room to grow and stuff you know yeah well, that's just like Tomb Raider. You know, I did love the first Tomb Raider movie, you know. The first, yes. And then the second one was okay. But if that's a series, I think that would work as a, as a series too. Yeah. And I, I correct myself. There is one other exception, and I, I will argue this to this day. First Mortal Kombat. Oh. <laughs> that is still that one in my opinion that one still holds up i watched it not more than a few weeks ago and i still f that hunk of shit that came sorry f that piece of crap that came out not too long ago no that was not mortal that 
No, 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 no. No, the first Mortal Kombat was that that was a I was a good movie with a rocking soundtrack. But we hadn't seen anything up to that part. Honestly, when Mortal Kombat set the standard for video game movies, now granted it was already pretty low. Thank you, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when that's the movie that set the bar for video game adaptations. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, I'm telling you, Richard, I really do foresee. I, I, the movie industry will never go away, but I, I really think, Richard, you're going to see a big shift from big budget movies on properties. On properties. That, let, let me... Let me specify on licensed properties, Marvel exclude. I mean, you're, you're always going to have that, but you're going to see a bigger shift to the streaming platforms that can draw out a story instead of just, you know, at most a two hour movie. Well, well that, like you're just saying, you know, with, with Sony's new contract with Netflix, they're going to be looking for, properties to go to netflix you know i mean i i was just flipping through netflix today and you can see how much stuff is sony now on there yeah you really yeah and then you know amazon's gonna jump on that boat too well yeah they got paramount under their wings a little bit so yep well man i'm telling you this is this has been Pedro Pascal's year, man. And, and of course, we've even got the new Super Mario or the Mario Brothers movie thing coming out. Oh yeah, it's, the trailer. I know. <laughs> it, it I know everybody has been ripping on Chris Pratt doing the voice. I'm I'm not going to disagree with those people. Would he have been my first choice? No. <laughs> Honestly, I probably wouldn't have considered him. But that being said, the movie really does look fun. This looks like a movie. Not only it's it looks like one of those movies, Richard, where I could go see it, enjoy the movie, and take like my nephews and my niece and my you know the, you could take the kids to go see. Yeah, because and, and I don't think it's going to take itself serious. No. Oh, good lord! It's got Jack Black in it. There's, it's possible if that movie tried to take itself seriously, Jack would have been like, "Time out." <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like that 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 Disney movie that's not based on a video game, but it's about a character in a video game that that goes from game to game. That they had out for they did a couple of them there. Wreck and uh, Ralph. Yeah, you know, it's if if they can live. I really liked the first one, you know, the second one, eh, but you know what I'm saying? It was, yeah, that's like a video game movie type thing that I like. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost a parody. Yeah, it sort of was, but it was just shy of it, you know? Yeah. Shy, but it still had, it wasn't played for comedic. I mean, it was funny, but it wasn't, Oh, I, I take that back. It wasn't a parody. No, it, it was a kids. It was a kids movie. You know. Yeah, 
it had a lot of heart. It, I, Wreck-It Ralph is still one of my favorite ones, and I really did enjoy the second one, mostly for the cameos and all the. Oh yeah. The I mean the prince. Oh my god, come on, man! The scene with the princesses that was just. I just that, think they tried to cram crazy. too much in the second one. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got to go somewhere. You know, they're running out of comic book ideas, so they got to go back somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've got the Flash coming up. I mean, that could be... Uh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> you, you know damn well that the executives... After everything, and we won't get into the positive, but the, 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 the executives, after everything with the star of the movie, with all that stuff, like, oh, my God, um, put the Keaton trailer out, put the Keaton trailer out. We, oh, man, we are sinking, and he is going to be the bucket that, you know, is going to save the, uh, put the Affleck stuff out, put the, put the Affleck stuff out, get it out there now, you know. DC is going to have another year before we really start understanding what's going on, I think. Uh, I think it'll be at least a year before they understand what the hell is going on. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. You can't tell me that. I mean, I know we, we've talked about James Gunn before, and I'm sure he's got a really a solid plan, but man, that poor guy really does have his work cut out for him. We we get through through this year and we get rid of the end of the um, the DC EU or whatever you know <laughs> the Snyderverse yeah the extended universe stuff you know then they get to start over so hopefully I'll be good and then we get rid of the Arrowverse you know <laughs> <sighs> I know you didn't want to go there but <laughs> oh we you understand before we before we actually started filming me and richard always kind of give ourselves a brief under you know idea of where we're it's like trying to meander just a, a flock of ducks you know what i mean you can't you can't rein us in but we can see the light at the end of the tunnel and the flash was we, we we're still going to hold off it's oh my God. <laughs> no if i go down that rabbit hole i'm not going to be able to see the light of day but what I was saying earlier is Pedro Pascal, man. Oh yeah, dude is have dude is having the time of his life right now. He's everywhere. He has been fully adopted by the internet. <laughs> and I, I know I've said this before, but it was like when when we got Henry Cavill, he was like our beacon. He he was cool. He was Superman. He was Carol Terivia. We found out he's a complete nerd. We found out he's a good dude. And the entire internet like rallied like, he's great. We have to protect him. We failed him. <laughs> we failed him. You know, I, he's still great. But, the, you know, we just talked about the DCU, Witcher, you know. But, no, we have to protect Pedro. That is a good dude, and he's one of those celebrities where you know we we're of the age, Richard. We don't really put celebrities, you know, on a pedestal anymore because hey, <laughs> look at the guy that Flash, you know, it's like 
I have a flash, you know, statue up there because Justin Lee came out. I'm like, this guy's great. And then, you know, a fantastic beast. This guy's really cool. I like this guy. And then you hear about him. And you're like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, no, not a fan. <laughs> but when you hear about Pedro, he's just such a good dude. You know, his, his episode of uh, Saturday Night Live was one of the first episodes of Saturday Night Live I've watched in well over a decade. Just, you see him on the talk shows, but so we've got him uh, as Joel. He's killing it. Then the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. I got it. Okay. So I'm trying to remember where it was that we left off. Um, where did we leave off? Um, got to see him go back to the Mandalorian homeworld because he, oh, he finds uh, the other Mandalorians and he, he wants to be, um, not renewed. That's Logan's run. He wants back into the fold, right? And we have the armor. Oh God, we're, this has nothing to do. I was. I'm talking to Richard right now. Uh, what's the big con going on right now, Richard? Uh, what, like Lexington? Lexington. Yeah. Okay, dude. I've got friends that today, as of me and Richard talking about this right now, are we're at Lexington, right? The armor was there. Oh, yeah, I think she was, yeah. And one of my friends, uh, his name's Brett, uh, great Star Wars. He's one of the 501st, um, one of his best. He's he's a Wookiee, and his shared a picture today, Richard, on Facebook of him putting armor. I don't know if it was one that he made because he's a great craftsman. He, he does all that armor work. On the armorer, in oh. my mind, yeah, on the actress herself. He's like, I'm arming the armor, and I'm like, oh my god, that was, <laughs> yeah. But uh, sorry, I digress. That was that was just too cool. I had I had to, I had to mention that it was jealous at the same time, but it was like I'm so happy for my friend that he got to. I mean, that is a moment right there. You know, that's like getting to, for me, like getting to hand David Tennant you know, a sonic screwdriver, you know, that, that is a moment. But, uh, see his trials, uh, what he has to do to back into the family, for lack of a better expression. Right. And, uh, well, it was supposed to cleanse his sins of by because he removed his helmet. Yes. Which, they finally answered one of the questions that I have always wondered. Uh, well, it, it's a little forward. We'll get there, but I have to mention it was when they're all sitting around the campfire when they're they're on their uh, their quest to, to, to save the child, uh, Bo-Katan asks, he's like, how do you eat? And like all of a sudden, like you heard every nerd just get silent. Like she's asking the question. Like <laughs> we get her food, we dip. 
<laughs> okay, I yeah, that okay, that I'm I'm yeah. Okay. But it it was really neat to see the armor again and seeing family. What was great was at the beginning of that episode when they showed the young child um going through the ritual, you know, with the helmet. They I you can't tell me they didn't do it on purpose because the 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 child that they they cast in that role. I thought it was a flashback, Richard. Oh yeah, it did look like it. I really thought it was a flashback. And then every, you know, the thing with the big um uh, Space alligator. <laughs> Which, by the way, how shitty is their choice of campsite? I mean, come on. I've been camping. You don't camp next to... You don't camp in the Florida Everglades. There's <laughs> crocodiles in that water. But but no, when you know the, the creature came out, and then all of a sudden you saw the N1 Starfighter, you're like, no, that's the flashback. That's now. And I, they they had to have done that on purpose, and I mean I was here for it. That was that was great storytelling. Yeah, I think they just did that because they needed to show like the past with the present and stuff like that, you know. So that's why it was a flashback, but at the same time it represented probably the past, you know. Yeah. What I'm still hoping for Richard is you know we got a good explanation. You know, it's like well how do you eat? Well we you know. We dip. I want to. I want a little bit of the history on why they don't remove the helmet. Now, I'm sure Star Wars fans, hold up, hold up, don't attack me just yet. I'm sure it's somewhere. But in the context of the Mandalorian, I wish that we could, you know, get a little bit more of the history of why they that particular sect doesn't remove their helmets. You know. Yeah, I don't remember the whole story myself, so. Yeah. I know I rewatched some of the Clone Wars episodes where Obi-Wan went to the, the planet, remember, because he had a thing for the One Queen stuff? Yep. But, uh, maybe yeah. we'll just... Big, but what I think is going to happen is uh, Gorgu is going to come out and he's going to be the one that links everybody together and he's going to take over. <laughs> I do. Uh, well, that was, here's something great I found out, Richard. Uh, this is why I, I like listening to podcasts and stuff. Is um, they essentially when they they shot the Mandalorian like the first season, it was like they they did a lot of the first and second season shot at the same time. Right. So even they didn't know how much of a cultural phenomenon Baby Yoda was going to be. So it wasn't until they started writing season three, like there was even there was even talk that Grogu was going to stay with Luke. You know, like when they did the first two episodes, you know, they had that in mind. But, I mean, let's be honest, you know, I mean, yeah, it was a cash cow. We can slap baby, you know, Grogu on it. We're going to sell it. But at the same time, too, they listened to the fans, and the fans were like, we love him. We I just don't do it. Hold, hold on a second. You're, you're hearing me okay, right? Yeah. 
I had someone just send a message saying that they're having trouble hearing us. I don't know. No, I hear you just fine. Okay. Let's just continue and hopefully the recording's okay. Hopefully it's just something maybe in the stream. I mean, I, I, I know I'm I'm hard, I'm part deaf in one ear, so I'm pretty good at reading lips, but even I'm not that good. <laughs> but no, it was when they found out, you know, what kind of impact uh, Grogu was going to have, they're just like, oh no, we're all in. You know, every, you know, that's why we're seeing a lot more of him in this season than we did even in previous seasons. Because it's, they they know what they have now. Okay. Yeah, it's it's just I know they're they're trying to expand. I think they're going to ride this whole line and make the uh, the sequels relevant because I know that one episode where they did the flagship about the uh, cloning and stuff. You know, maybe they can. Maybe they'll be able to do something and maybe have their own movie that makes everything worth watching. You know. <laughs> Well, I, I got to be honest because it's what I mentioned for The Last of Us 2 where it was just like every episode was great. We did have I, – I understand what they were trying to do, and it, in and of itself was a good story. But when they were given the story about um, the one cloning doctor right. and the, uh, the relocation program or whatever, it was a good story. It gave a lot more history. It gave a lot more background into the Star Wars universe. Was it a great episode? Mm. I mean, the only thing that episode really did prove is that the dark side does have cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, yeah. That was the first thing I thought when she bit in that biscuit. I'm like, oh, my God, come to the dark side. We've got cookies. I'm like, <laughs> I did the meme. <laughs> but it did. It answered a lot of you know, questions like uber nerds like us have, like, well, what did they do with this? And how did they do this? And, you know, seeing the, the, the Star Destroyers being stripped down, that was that was really cool. Yeah. That was really cool. And then well, you find out... Well, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just thinking, that's also on Bad Batch, when they were breaking in and stealing the... Uh, the uh, data and stuff, you know, we got to see the decommissioned, you know, which we will fully talk about the bad batch here. But even, you know, as, as something as, as mundane as, uh, you know, when the, the, uh, the cloning doctor became a, you know, like data entry. What I liked about that, Richard, was, you know, growing up with Star Wars, there was always those kind of broad political themes. You know, you had the Empire, and, you know, the Empire, you know, it was like this. Well, this was very kind of reminiscent about, you know, um, Project Paperclip, you know, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the Nazi scientists that were brought over, you know, it's like, these are very intelligent people. We are going to utilize them. You know, it, it had them doing that with that doctor felt very similar to it. You know, we're not going to imprison you. You were, you know, uh, I don't want to say bureaucrat, but you were a scientist. 
who, you know, let's face it, probably didn't have that much of a choice in what he was doing from their point of view. So let's bring him on. But at the same time, he's like, we're putting you in an office. <laughs> that, that episode very much reminded me of Office Space. You know, even when even when the, the, the one woman was just like, Frog's Day, huh? I'm like, oh, my God. You know. But it was. That episode was neat that it gave a great... It, it expanded the ground level of that universe. It's just the sort of the the uh, start of the first order, also. Yeah, you know, I mean, that has to be what's going on behind the scenes, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I won't be surprised that if we don't see a little bit more episodes like that. Yeah. You know. And then um, uh, this last episode where – no, no. The previous episode where uh, the Mandalorian goes to Bo-Katan and, you know, she's, you know, she's just chilling on her throne like, what do you want? Don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Off, you know, and she's like, no, it's, it's not cursed, blah, blah, blah. So he goes – that bothered me, Richard. It was almost like when they wrote the previous episode where he uh, goes back to uh, Carl Weathers' character. You know, it's like, I want that droid. I'll do anything I can to get that droid. That droid is very, that droid is very important to me. Next episode, I need this part. We can't find that part. Cool. Can I have that one? Yeah. <laughs> Bruh, you almost died the last episode trying to get that guy back, and now you're just like, I'll, I'll take the R5 unit. <laughs> but we got to see Amy Sudeikis. Bell, I love that character. Oh, my God, I love that character so much. <laughs> what we love is we're really seeing a lot of Grogu's training payoff because that little shit is just back flipping all over the place. It's just... You know, like, I got little legs. I can't keep up. Screw you. I'm just going to do a gigantic backflip, and I'll land in your arms. That was priceless. I did. I giggled. You know, it's like, where's my little guy at? <laughs> oh. But, yeah, um, so he goes to the, he goes back to the, um, the Mandalorian homeworld, which that was really cool, because showing the effects of the bombing. Yeah. Like literally, like a sheet of glass. It's like wow, you know. As he delves deeper into the caverns, he finds the Morlocks. I mean, the the aliens. <laughs> Come on, you you can't tell me, Richard. You didn't. The first thing you didn't think of was Morlocks when you. Oh saw yeah, those yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was like, I was really surprised. Rich, only Richard's going to get this joke, but I was really surprised there wasn't a bunch of really good-looking blonde, stupid people up on the surface. <laughs> ah, you get. But uh, um, Mandalorian gets captured. Grogu. <laughs> Grogu goes to the rescue. Goes back. Gets Bo. Bo leads the ship back, which 
One thing we'll argue, people, and she even kind of addresses it, Grogu didn't so much fly back to her home world. The, 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 the droid had a lot to do with oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was That's like a cool. self-driving car. Okay, Grogu wasn't like, you know, with the steering wheel like this, you know. <laughs> No, if he was flying, it'd be going upside oh, down. That been awesome. <laughs> but um, she comes back. Uh, she she saves uh, Din. It was great great moments between the two of them. It really was a lot of great moments between the two of them. Crack me up was. Then gets to the waters. He's like, I'm going to bathe in the waters and be. He takes the jetpack off. He takes this off. He leaves the armor on. Which makes me wonder, Richard, could that have been a loophole? Because he's in the waters that would forgive him for taking the helmet off. Couldn't he have taken the helmet off in the waters? Because, I mean, it's like, you know. Like committing a sin in the confessional booth, you're right there, anyways, you know. Right. But, <laughs> but he he takes off the jetpack, he takes off the sword, gets three steps in the water, and <laughs> <laughs> at least I mean I had I had to rewind it because I was laughing so hard because it was it was not meant to be slapstick. But I mean that was some that was some good slapstick comedy. Him taking two steps and just <laughs> but uh yeah my first thought was man jetpack sure would have been handy about now you know <laughs> you're gonna now at least they did explain it that the waters originally weren't that deep but it was the bombings that opened yeah, up and cracked it open or something yes, yeah which led to a great revelation when Bo goes in and and rescue Din. She sees sees the mythosaur. Right. Come on, bro. The mythosaur. Bruh. Talk about on the nose. It's like, how do you know the mythosaur isn't real? It's in the goddamn nose. You know, it's not called the factosaur. It's not called the truthalator. It's the mythosaur. But she sees it. Yeah. And that was a real turning point for her. Because then later, after even Richard, if you think about it, even before they get back to uh, the Mandalorian camp, she didn't take her helmet off. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> because Bo Katan, prior, prior to seeing the Mythosaur, the minute she got in that ship, but it something changed. Right? Like she saw the light. Well, yeah, it's literally, it's like she's living part of the legend that was supposed to happen. That was part of the reuniting of the, the whatever, you know, the different sex or whatever, you know. Yeah. And they fly back to the Mandalorian camp and uh, Baz questions him and he brings the water and the... Uh, Armor was able to confirm these are the waters. You are forgiven. Yeah. And so are you, Bo Katan. And she, you know, and she asked her, she goes, Have you taken your helmet off since 
you bathe in the waters. Because she didn't even think, I, I think all that stuff was instinctual to her. She didn't make a conscious choice not to take her helmet off. Right. You know, because any, let's, let's be honest, Rich. Well, it's hard for me to, to, to relate because I'm a ball fan. But for somebody that's not a part of that sect, you just you were just in water. You got out of the water. You take your helmet off. You dry your hair off. Yeah, I, yeah. I imagine as as a bald man, I'm 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 asking you, Richard. You have hair. You would you know? Yeah, I she just dressed today, and I come back, you know, and I was yeah. so wet, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, and the armor is like, had you taken it off? And I mean, that that's the. That's such a great level of acting because helmet on, you could see that that moment of realization for Bo Katan where she's just like, huh, no, I haven't. Welcome aboard, buddy. <laughs> and if she didn't give a shit, Richard, like she claimed to have, that would have been the moment right then and there, like, whoop, nope, I'm out, you know. Has yet to do it. So, I mean, that was a major thing for that character. Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to set her up as being one of the ones that's going to unite everybody again. You know, I just think this whole series, that's where it's leading to. Didn't think of something, Richard. Again, this is because, you know, this is the way my nerdy mind works. Um, you can't take in, in the Mandalorian culture, you if in their sect, you cannot take your helmet off. What if the faceplate comes up like like Iron Man? Oh. <laughs> I mean, you didn't. They never really say expose. The wording is what's important. That You know, that would be where my ass yeah. would be like, uh-uh, according to your contract, you know, I didn't take it off, but I constructed a helmet you know, that comes up. I, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm not sure where that goes to. <laughs> for, for any of our watchers or listeners, if if this is something, again, that has been touched upon, man, let me, I'm legitimately curious, you know. You know, just, like, like literally, both of Oh, at least a little slot opens up like the old Iron Man mask and put a straw. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, he never took the helmet off, but it popped up. <laughs> What's the people for those of you out there are more, you know, in touch with the Mandalorian culture, man? I want answers. <laughs> But man, that moment with uh, Grogu on the beach, ah, oh, God, that was so, and that was so cool. Just because it really makes you—he's uh, a baby, but it—it it, it really makes you wonder how that alien species, you know, like how they age, but like mentally, because it's just like, like if I go up to a toddler. You know, I can talk to them, and you know, it's like a little bit, you know, toddler understanding, like up, up, ooh, up. But you know, he's just like, hey, the way he communicates to Grogu and the, the, Grogu's understanding. 
you know. Yeah, I think he's a further along, you know. You know, if, you know, I'm not sure. You know, if Yoda was like 900 years old, and he's 50 years old, so he'd be about, what, two, three, maybe, human? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I really do, I like, I like how... I really like the, the the more of the understanding of the Mandalorian culture, like where there's the foundlings and, you know, you wait until they're old enough to understand the the creed. You know, it's not just like, oh, he's a foundling and like five year old, you know, slap the helmet on him. Like, no, 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 can't take that off. You know, they they wait. They have that ceremony, you know, and it was right. the same with the same with Grogu, you know, he's too young yet, but he, like you say, Richard, he's further along than I think even we really understand yet. Yeah, but I think like they're also looking at it as physically, he's might not be that far along yet. Right. Yeah. When he's when he's still kind of you know do oh my god I melt every time that little guy just walks. <laughs> oh, I'm a grown ass man, but even I'm like. You know, yeah, but that's what I'm thinking. That's more related to that he physically can't do some of the stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he could point and shoot and have reflexes like lightning fast and bounce all over the yeah. walls. <laughs> I was, I was so expecting Richard, like when when they they have the uh, the duel that would you know they chose the weapon, but. Somebody's going to do it, Richard. You watch. Somebody's going to make the deep fake or like the thing where the two, they're faced off like this, and the kid just walks up to him and punts him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but come on. Like you, like think about it from a teenager's point of view. You want me to go up against that kid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably a good thing you didn't because you know damn well Grogu would have put the smack down on that child. Yeah, you know, Grogu might know the chokehold, you know. Yeah, you know. Hey, dude, he choked down a rancor. I mean, you know, he. Yeah. Well, that's that what I was referring to. Yeah, but that kid didn't know that. Literally sees this, like, little foot tall green beanie baby. He was like, you want me to fight him? <laughs> but the moment that she, oh, my God, which leads us to one of. A great scene where um, the armor is making that new piece of armor for Grogu. Grogu has those flashbacks of oh, yeah. which one of the end all be all greatest cameos I have seen Star Wars do yet. Having Ahmed Best as the Jedi that rescues Grogu. For those of you who don't know. Ahmed Best was, through no fault of his own, the actor that portrayed Jar Jar Binks. Right. Now, we are amongst those people that, yes, we will badmouth Jar Jar because Jar Jar as a character sucked ass. Not his fault. We separate the actor from the, the character. That poor man, he was one of the... he Him and uh, poor Jake... Uh, Lloyd really got the brunt of the negativity 
of the Star Wars fandom. And to see him get (laughs) the credit he deserves. Badass Jedi. And I really hope, I really hope to see more of him. Oh, that yeah. was, that was, he pulled out the two sabers and stuff. Dude, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I, uh, a double blade lightsaber is cool and all, man. But when you've got someone like him and Ahsoka Tana that can like dual wield, dude, that's that's badass. <laughs> but we got to see him be Grogu's savior, and I, that was I. It was one of those things, Richard, where I was watching the show and I knew I knew that guy. I know <laughs> I know that. Guy. How do I know that guy? And then when I looked it up right then and there, I'm like, "Oh, bravo! No, he's getting he's getting the props he deserves. That that he he yeah yeah." And that was really cool when he was escaping on the bike and stuff, you know. <clears throat> The only thing about that, it's it's not again, not him. The only thing that bothered me about that was, yeah, he's being he's still a Jedi. Yeah, I've seen Jedi's pull down, you know, Tie Fighters. You know, as gunship, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it it wouldn't have made. I mean, even if they did it like once or twice, because there was a few of those coming after him. Even just one, you know, just. Show that it took too much effort for him. I mean, and I'm not saying that he was a weak Jedi. I mean, you know, I can imagine, you know, even using the Force, it takes a little, you know. Yeah, well, he was trying not to hit stuff, too. You know, of course, when you're flying all over the place, you know. Yeah, which again shows you what the Empire is like, man. They are literally opening fire. Can you imagine? You're just some dude chilling in your apartment in Coruscant. You got your lady, you got your lady friend with you after... Psych moon cycles trying to get this 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 person back up to your apartment. You're you're getting ready to watch space Netflix and all of a sudden your apartment just explodes because some dude's chasing the Jedi. And the you know, at, least, at least they yeah. were clones and not stormtroopers. Yeah. <laughs> at least clones hit the right targets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Read recently, not too long ago, Richard. That makes absolute sense because I know stormtroop. You know the running joke is that a stormtrooper couldn't hit the broadside of a barn because when you look at you know episode uh, uh, four, New Hope, they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn when they were chasing them in the Death Star, right? Right. Uh, It was on purpose. They were under or I yeah I can't confirm it, but they were under orders. You know, don't kill them. We need them to escape. Yeah. Because there was a great meme I saw, Richard, where it was like, it was like droid troopers, you know, uh, clone troopers, and then uh, stormtroopers. But it was like, next to it, it was like, their their targeting abilities, you know, like the droids did this, then there's like um, stormtroopers and a new hope, and it's like, like all the bullets are going, all the lasers are going around like Luke, you know what I mean? Like they're missing him. Right. But when they showed the Mandalorian, it was like they were like you look at their the, the way they shoot at the Mandalorian, they're hitting him every damn time. Yeah. 
But, you know, it just depends, you know, because I think there is levels upon Stormtroopers, too, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you personally, but you can't clone skill. Well, they're not even clones. Oh, that's know? right. Yeah. That, no, that's right. That's when uh, things, yeah, when they, they got away with the clones, which is a great lead up to the Bad Batch. Oh, yeah, I know. That's what it, it's that. That was a great oh, episode yeah. where we figured out what was going on, why they were switching from clones and stuff, you know. Yes. And then even, even the whole political aspect of it, like, no, you know, now that we're done with the clones, we're throwing them away, but they're still living sentient beings. They deserve rights. And they're like, nah, they're not. They're disposable, you know. And right. How that all goes into play. Wow. Yeah, it's almost like they're, you know, they're considered slaves almost, you know. They're they're pro they're they're not people, they're they're weapons. Yeah. They're, a, they're like a gun. You know, you don't that plasma rifle doesn't need the right to vote, so why does the the yeah. object that's firing it? And it, th that's the great thing about like the Mandalorian and the Bad Bash is like all this background stuff that you never that you kind of think about but never really put that much thought into is they're filling in a lot of holes like what happened to the clones after this happened well this is what happened and you know just a lot of the what happened to all the imperial troopers that you know got you know, like after the Death Star blew up, you know, what what happened to, you know, all those people that were captured, you know, they were put into rehabilitation programs, you know, they're really starting to put a, a fill in a lot of, not plot holes, but just fill in a lot of the holes where fans like you and I have had questions about for years. Right. And like I said, I still think it's, they're all leading up to the formation of the First Order, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're definitely yeah, because they're everything with the one doctor and cloning is leading up towards you know uh, Palpatine's return and yeah, so yeah, <laughs> it, it's been a I said it before it's been a great year for Pedro Pascal, man. We got The Last of Us, we got The Mandalorian, we got to figure out a way to just. Not even as the Mandalorian, just him himself as, as a, a voice, a cameo <laughs> in Bad Batch, and just complete the trifecta, you know. Yeah, there was I saw that meme where it just says throw him and a young child together, and you got a hit series. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, the other meme I really liked too was a picture of Ellie and a picture of Grogu, and they, oh yeah, they're, they're both. <laughs> it's like, it like when Pedro Pascal's give you that smile. <laughs> um, and if you get a chance to um uh graham norton he's a, a british talk show host who's he's i i'm sorry nobody in the states over here has has reached his level of entertaining talk shows if you get a chance to watch that richard with uh pedro pascal on it because he's he's there with uh dame judy dench oh Oh, highly recommend watching that. The two of their, th those two's interactions was just, it was just priceless, but yeah. 
Oh, Rick, you know what? We're hour mark is about time for us to wrap up. I don't even want to talk bad about the flash right now, Rich. I want to leave this episode on a high note. This is positive. Aside from the fact that the flash still sucks so hard. Yeah, but we got new episodes of Superman and Lois, even though that's kind of sad after the last episode. Oh my god. Dude, that is one of the honestly, that is one of the most well-written show. That's the CW does not deserve that show. I don't even think that's it's part true. of the CW. That's not even it's gone, you know. Exactly. <laughs> um we the, the the first couple episodes these of the new season we've gotten to see um the new I didn't have to look it up. I know the actor that took over for the previous Jonathan Ken, his name is Michael Bishop. I know because I just saw today his his birthday. Happy birthday, Michael. Dude, he's knocked it out of the park. He he's done a phenomenal. He had some really good. He had some really big shoes. It's got to be hard for any actor to step, not only to step into a previously established character's role, but to come onto a show. Right. There there are already a couple seasons, and you know he's great job. I really I really enjoyed him. And their their writing has really hit their stride when it comes to Jonathan and Jordan's relationship. I really feel those are brothers. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the, the two of them. I I really enjoy their their dynamic even more so now because they really do. They're not you know that fake sitcom you know. No. Buddy, buddy, they still clash from here time, but those those are brothers. Oh, Tyler Hoshin is, is still is so impressive as Superman. I really enjoy. Really, he's really pulling off the Clark Kent Superman yeah. dynamic. You know what I mean? He really does. Embody both of those. You know, it's it's kind of cool that that they could do a real Superman on the small screen again. You know, yes, it really harkens back to when Dean Kane was doing Superman. Mm -hmm. I always liked Dean Kane as Superman myself. You know, because I always did like that series. I know it kind of got hokey there sometimes, but yeah. But I could look past that because I really thought he did Superman well. But I think yeah. doing this as Superman is really well. And I think hopefully once they get this new movie going, I hope they can do just as well, if not better. You know? Yeah. I think it hopefully sets the bar up a little higher where they know they have to go to this level. You know? Yeah. And the other thing, the other thing that Superman as Lois excels at that the flash has completely dropped the ball on was the supporting characters right because in superman and lois yes it the show is about superman and lois but the supporting characters are fleshed out they're not stereotypes and their characters are genuinely interesting john henry irons and natasha especially in they are doing wonders with Natasha this season, showing her interaction in this in her new world. 
in that last episode with, you know, when um, Sam Lane, re, you know, when they realized he was like, I'm your grandpa in the other universe. <laughs> you know, it's like, we knew it, but we didn't think about it. Yeah. But then, then again, he did do a little turncoat and wanted to recruit her. So, you know, yeah. it was not really exactly what we thought was going on. <laughs> right. But, and, and, and that is, that was, even that was still within character because it was, even it was his real, within that, back in her universe, I could have seen that Sam Lane pulling that same bullshit. Like, oh my God, you are a genius. You are gifted. Hey, buddy, when you come to my school, I could see him doing that. But I also really liked that his remorse when he realized, you know, he made that mistake. And there was sincerity when he's just like, I am sorry. I am an idiot. This is what I did. I would like to have a relationship with you. Was it? It, it was great. It had had nothing to do with Superman. Had nothing to do with Lois. Didn't even really have anything to do with Jonathan or Jordan. It was him and Natasha, and it was a good story arc. Right. Like like I said, you know, I just. I don't know. I'm just so torn between everything that's been falling apart, you know, because with HBO Max kind of falling apart now and everything, where is everything going to head to? You know, I'm kind of nervous about what's really going to happen. Like I said, except for now, like I said, just looking at Netflix today and seeing all the Sony stuff there, I think there is going to be more stabilization and more spread out again across the platforms. Yeah. I agree with you. Because I know like Warner Brothers is selling property or or not selling, but allowing their properties to be shown on other platforms and stuff. So you will get a taste of some of this older stuff on other platforms like 2B and so forth. Yeah. And that just allows better programming, hopefully, on the core stations where we could have Superman and Lois maybe transition from the CW network back to HBO Max. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And between the two of us, if I, if I was confident enough in HBO's, not if HBO Max picked up Lois, Superman and Lois, and said, "We own the property, but we're going to let you, we're not going to do anything. You keep doing what you're doing." just under our banner now. Yeah. I would be all for it. Now, as much of a sinking ship as a CW is, <laughs> the idea of anything about Superman and Lois being changed makes me nervous. I The show is great, as it is, in the direction that it's still currently heading. Right, yeah, it's it's just the new owners. How soon are they going to be starting to flesh out even more of their programming and trying to go to, like, reality-driven stuff, which is what they're moving towards? Yeah. They just don't want to spend the money. You know, they don't want to have, like, produce stuff. They want to do reality-driven, you know? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Well, that's the same with anybody. Like after I I so blame the real world, which granted I was a fan of the first season, but it was like after MTV was like the first ones were like, man, we've got one of the, no, really, we've got one of the biggest shows at the time, ratings wise. Or next to nothing. We rented a loft. We hired a bunch of people who are not professionals, probably playing them a fraction of what, you know, anybody with a SAG card would, you know, make. And they made all that money. And then everybody was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> Dude, how much to rent your island for a week or for a month? Really? Well, that costs less than the catering for that big budget movie. Get a bunch of people on that island. Let's videotape them. Well, that's just like game shows came back a little bit. You notice they're across the networks again, you know, on prime time. Yeah. yeah. Because honestly, like you take your, you know, million dollar jackpot. Okay. It costs this much to produce a movie. Multi-TV show. Multi-millions of dollars. We built a stage. Every <laughs> once in a while, we, we fork over $100,000. Minus taxes. <laughs> That's profit, man. Yeah, it's all just profit. Because look how many ads they just sold on that show that night. <laughs> yeah. That's why they can have all these C celebrities come on like Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yeah. Or Jeopardy or whatever, you know. No, you not celebrity Jeopardy, man. That is still that is I still will go out of my way to to watch those episodes. <laughs> no, I know but I know what you mean. Yeah. But you know, it's what's going to happen, and hopefully it's going to work in the long run. You know, it's not quite even how I envisioned some of it. So, you know, I never, I didn't really think everything was going to be spread back out, but who knows, you know. Yep. So I think it's about time for us to wrap it up, Richard, because the overwhelming urge I have to rip on the flash is starting to bubble <laughs> to the surface. And, hey, at least we did get the big answer to the question we have had for months, Richard. What happened to the baby? Evidently, she aged five years overnight. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Flash sucks. Can't wait for it to be over. I mean, literally, let's just put it out of its misery. Poor Grant. That's all I had to say. Um <laughs> Thanks everybody for watching and or listening. Um, again, if you're if you have any answers to the questions that we asked earlier, I'm genuinely curious about a lot of the Mandalorian um, mythology. You know that uh, hasn't really brought on been addressed in the show yet. Richard, please tell them where they can get a hold of us at. Oops. The wrong one. Uh, the easiest way to go to uvn.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Um, that's our main website. You can find the links to all our socials. You can comment on Facebook or wherever and let us know what you think. Or, heck, even if you want to be a guest, maybe. You know, we're, we're open to guests from time to time. Yeah, we love to talk to people. 
And I know we've been irregular schedule lately. You know, I have had some family crisis and stuff like that lately. So things have been going a little rough, but I decided this weekend to get back together. So I shot out to Mike and said, hey, let's do an episode. <laughs> yep. Well, you've been able to go to some really great basketball games these past couple weeks. Well, that's my only thing I've been able to do. <laughs> and my Buckeyes won, and they're going to the Elite Eight. So, <laughs> All right. So behalf on Richard Catterjohn and myself, Michael Borough, thanks, everybody, for watching and or listening. Please like and subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, tell your family. Tell anybody. We don't care. Um, thank you very much. And I know what I normally say, but I'm just so jazzed right now. This is the way. Richard, press the button. <laughs>